0: my friend, you have found the Functioning Hot Mess podcast. I'm Tanya Murray, life coach and author. And my job is to help you understand that life is more than checking off boxes and living up to others' expectations. I want you to know that you're enough just as you are right now in this moment, even if the world says you're not. So thank you for being here. Do me a favor and hit subscribe and let's get on with the show. In this episode, we're going to talk all about goals and goal setting. So it's the end of January, and we've all set New Year's resolutions. How are you doing with those? Are you hitting the mark? Are you falling behind? Where are you at with that? I hear a lot about SMART goals and how to set SMART goals. So a SMART goal is specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-based, and while those do have a purpose, and if those types of goals work for you, great, stay with it, keep doing what's working for you. But if you're like me, having it broken down like that, it it doesn't really work for me. And what happens is I set this specific goal, and if I stick too much to that outcome, then if I don't reach it, I lose my drive, I lose my motivation, and everything goes out the window, So what I would like to offer to you is maybe another way to think about goals and goal settings, and maybe help you be able to find a little bit more success as you move forward. As I was preparing for this episode, I actually just Googled some examples of SMART goals. And here's basically the first one that came up. So this example is, I will obtain a job as a high school math teacher within three months after graduating with my degree. Now, that's according to the SMART goal guidelines, that's a pretty good goal. That's written out quite well. It's SMART, specific, achievable, realistic, and time-based. However, what happens if within the first three months after you graduate, you don't have that job? That is where the trouble sits in. And that for me is, it's a downer and it makes me start to question my decisions. It makes me wonder, in that scenario, did I get the right degree? Am I on the right track? What's wrong with me? Why won't they hire me? And it sends me in like a negative spiral. So, what I would like to offer you to do is don't get married to the outcome. That is where we get discouraged and we don't reach it. So, I set some goals around fitness a few years ago, and I'm going to stick to that theme now because it kind of works for me because I've been successful in that area. So I hadn't been exercising for a really long time. And a friend of mine reached out to me to help, help get me back in that routine. So one of the things that I did that was really helpful was I did set a specific goal, which was I will exercise five days a week, 30 minutes a day, because I was following a program that was 30 minutes a day. And what my body does as a result is the benefit. So for me, it was more about the goal and doing those actions than it was about the result of my body. Same thing with a couple of other areas that I have done um, that same type of goal, such as when I wrote my book, writing my book, I set the goal that I will get up five days a week, every morning, and I will write toward my book, toward that goal. So I didn't have a specific word count because that adds too much stress for me. I just sat down and wrote and some mornings I wrote pages and some mornings I wrote a paragraph and either way it was okay because my goal was to get up and write every morning. And so the outcome and, and the book and when it got completed, that part was kind of flexible. And the good thing about that was it didn't, I didn't get discouraged. It didn't derail me if I didn't get it finished by a certain date. I didn't have the deadlines. I'm self-publishing. So I was able to do you know my own schedule and that worked for me. Now, the same thing with this podcast. I have committed that I'm going to release a podcast every week. And what happens as a result is whatever happens as a result. I don't know what that's going to look like yet, but that was my goal. So I want to offer that as an idea for you as you're going forth and setting goals is not to get married to the outcome. So maybe your bigger goal is that you do want to write a book and you are attached to that outcome, but don't make your specific outcomes and your time-based measurements and all of those make you feel too much negativity and it takes away all the fun. And then why would we want to keep doing that? The other thing I want you to remember is that word that we all hate called patience. I don't consider myself the most patient of people, but there are benefits to having patience, such as, you know, we're kind of in a society where everything we have, um, the way our, the way life has changed is that everything is immediate. There's immediate gratification for everything. We don't have to wait long to get a response to a text. I mean, we can have information at our fingertips, no longer do we have to wait years and years and years to get into certain programs, we can do them online, like things have changed dramatically in the last several years. That's a good thing. I love it. And I totally benefit from it. But at the same time, we kind of forget that sometimes things just don't speed up. Just because technology has doesn't mean our biology has. So regardless, If you're doing something for your health or fitness or for your own human body, you're going to have to be patient. You're going to have to just wait. And even if it's something around uh, a bigger, a different goal, an outside goal, like writing a book or starting a podcast, you have to go through those steps. It just takes time. So for me, that's another reason that it helps to not get married to the outcome, because if I'm being patient, then I'm not checking the scale every single day or even weekly because I don't care if I'm losing some pounds because I'm exercising and eating healthier. Yeah, I would like to, and that's part of the plan. However, I don't get stuck with that. And that helps me not, you know, because every time you work your butt off that week, and then you get on that scale at the end of the week, and nothing has changed, or God forbid, your number has gone up a little bit. That makes me feel negative. It makes me feel bummed out. And then I start wondering, why am I even doing this? And it just spirals me. And then I want to stop. I want to quit because it's not working, but it is. I'm just not being patient. And we stop a lot of times with moving forward because we lose patience and we don't feel like this is working. I know I've talked with other people where they have cut sugar out of their diet and they fail to recognize how much better they're feeling in the moment. They just decide for whatever reason that this really isn't working for them. And they stop maybe two months in. However, if you kept doing that for an entire year, what do you think your health benefits would be? I don't know, because we're married to that outcome and we decide in those few few months that it's not working. So we give up. Okay. I feel like I've hit that point hard enough. So another thing that I want you to do is remove your obstacles. When we start something new, we're not going to do it if it's hard as far as we have to go through too many steps to get there and to make it happen. So for example, when I started exercising, I found that for me and my lifestyle, it worked better for me to do it at home. And I know that that's not necessarily what works for other people, but for me, it did. I'm a single mom and so I, and I work, I'm a full-time working single mom. I don't want to spend another hour away from home at a gym, whether I can do it first thing in the morning or in the evening right after work. Regardless, I can't make that work for me because that cuts into time with my kids. And I knew that was going to be an obstacle for me. So instead of buying a gym membership, I got an online program. I got some DVDs and I worked out at home because my kids are at an age where they're old enough to get ready For the day themselves. Like they get, they can get up, they can get showered, they can get their breakfast, they can, you know, kind of continue on getting ready. I don't have to physically help them get ready anymore, but I'm there. So I'm exercising right in the front room in the middle of their coming and going and moving here and there and walking back and forth. And we still get to interact. Sometimes I still have to bark at them when they're fighting or whatever that looks like, but I'm here. I don't have to leave. If someone's not getting up and I need to push pause and run in the other room and say, Hey, don't forget, you really do need to get up now. You know, I get to be part of that without sacrificing my exercise plan. So that was one way of removing an obstacle for me. Another way, and I don't understand why this works for me, but it does. I have to have my exercise shoes outside of my closet. Like they have to be sitting where I can see them somewhere in my bedroom. I think it's ridiculous. I don't know why it works, but it does. And when I have gotten out of my routine, I start looking around. I'm like, my shoes are put away that's got to be it. And sure enough, I put my shoes back out and I can exercise again. Like I can make that consistent and a routine. It's crazy. I know, but it's a mind trick. And that is why we're not succeeding and we're not reaching our goals. It's all a mental thing. So trick your mind, put the shoes out, do what you need to do. Something else is I hate changing my clothes when it's cold and I exercise first thing in the morning. So getting up and having a cold house and having to change into some some exercise clothes was a barrier for me. So there were even times where I would sleep in my exercise clothes so that I would remove that excuse. The minute I woke up, I would already be dressed in my exercise clothes. I would climb out of bed, put on my exercise shoes that were sitting next to my closet, not in my closet. And I could go. When I was writing my book, And my plan was to get up and write every morning. One of the obstacles that I had to overcome was what am I going to write about today? So I would sit down for a few minutes every night and look at my writing from that morning so that I knew exactly what I had written, where I had stopped, and I could kind of prep myself for, okay, when you wake up in the morning, it's go time and this is where you start. So that took out an obstacle of crap. I don't know what to do and where to write. I knew exactly what my next topic was going to be. With my podcasting, I knew that I would need to have some quiet in my home. And with three boys, two of them are teenagers. One is a preteen and I have two dogs and both of them like to bark. So when I was going to plan when to podcast, I have to do it when the house is relatively quiet, which is in the morning, the butt crack of dawn. But this is important to me. And I know that in order to do this and to be consistent, I have to remove the obstacles. So I can't do it at a time when my boys are going to need me or they're going to come knocking and have a question and send the dogs barking or whatever happens. So be aware of whatever you're trying to do, kind of anticipate the obstacles and then do what you can to negate them, to to minimize them. Sometimes that means waking up really early, or sometimes it means running home on a lunch break or sitting in your car and reading a good book for your lunch break. I mean, there's things that you can do to help minimize the distraction and the other things that come into play that derail us, but make sure you're being aware of it and being conscious of it and then planning around it. The final step I want to share with you is to get a buddy. Get someone who's going to help hold you accountable. For me, the most successful I've been is when I have had a coach of some kind. When I started working on a fitness routine, I had a coach who was running some online groups and I was able to work with him that way. And I wasn't going to be the one person in his group who didn't show up. Like that was a a part of my success was being able to have someone on the outside hold me accountable. And that group of people holding me accountable, that really helped me be successful. When I was writing my book, I had a book coach and I checked in with her every so often to let her know this is where I'm at here's what I accomplished this week or this month or whatever. And I was not going to show up on that call and say, well, I kind of dropped the ball. I didn't do anything. There's a big difference from telling someone who's a professional, who is a coach, who that is their job. That is what they do. There's a big difference with telling them, yeah, I dropped the ball and I didn't get things done or I fell off the wagon versus telling a friend or a family member that because we know each other. We know things come up. We know life happens. We're like, yeah, I get it. You had a lot go on at work today. I totally understand why you didn't exercise or why you didn't do that. Or go ahead and kick your feet up. You deserve to have a break. And while all that may be true, that doesn't help hold you to your goal. So I would definitely recommend if you can find someone who, To help you, who's a coach, where that is their profession, because they're going to look at you and say, Oh, look at all your cute little excuses. Now get to work. And that was what I also needed to be able to be successful. So take a look at your New Year's resolutions. We're at the end of the month. How have you done? How are things going? Do you need to revisit your goals? Do you need to put some of these? ideas into action and see if you can have success because what you are doing and the goals that you set for yourself, they're important. They matter. There's a reason that you set that. If it's a health and fitness goal, your health and fitness is literally at stake. It is important. All of the goals that you set and any of the goals that you set are important. They have the potential to change your life and change it for the better. So don't give up on your goals and don't Beat yourself up for not achieving them yet. Just refocus. Get back to it. Use some of these ideas to help you be successful and give it a shot. But don't give up on you because the things that were important to you a few minutes ago, a few weeks ago, are still important and they still matter and you can achieve them. If what you've been doing in the past hasn't been working for you, then you need to try something new. You need to try something different. Just a quick review to set yourself up for success and be able to really crush those goals this year. I want you to, number one, don't get married to the outcome. Allow some flexibility. Number two, remove the obstacles. Really think about what those obstacles are and do everything that you can to minimize those. And number three, get a buddy, preferably a coach, but find someone who's going to hold you accountable. That's it for now, my friend. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I really hope it helps you crush your goals in the future and create the life that you really want. So do me a favor and hit subscribe and for the full show notes, visit theheartofconfidence.com forward slash goals. Thank you for being here and for listening all the way to the end. You're a rock star and I truly appreciate it. I'll see you next week.